Goff's three minutes. Your story. Cause knowledge is. Throughout human history, few things are as key to survival or as coveted a skill as man's dominion over fire. From childhood on, there is something hallowed about the creation and maintenance of a good fire for whatever the reason. Fewer things have had more impact and are even less well known throughout history than Greek fire. It was medieval napalm, feared throughout the known world. We have used fire as a defensive and offensive tool throughout history, but nothing remains as elusive and mysterious to grasp than that of the Greek fire. We literally have no idea what it was made out of. The mixture to create a flammable sticky substance that would burn on top of water and had few ways to extinguish it. On top of that, no one who ever encountered it in warfare during those early warring centuries could figure it out either. Armies could capture the substance and the thrower used to project it and have no clue how to make it work despite their best attempts at reverse engineering. The mystery of the Greek fire and its secret formula lies in the hands of its creator, one Kalinikos of Heliopolis. Kalinikos was a Jewish architect who sought refuge in Constantinople from Arab invaders in his home country of Syria. In the 7th century, he created not only the fire, but also a machine that allowed it to be heated, pressurized, and shot out of a tube while being lit on fire. A very primitive flamethrower, if you will. And this invention would lead to the enduring success and defense of Kalinikos' adopted home, Constantinople, and the Byzantine Empire for almost a millennium after his death. In the ancient world, Constantinople was a thriving city and the strategic key to travel and trade between the continents. Constantinople, or modern-day Istanbul, Turkey, straddles the Bosphorus Strait. On one side, Europe, on the other, Asia. Whoever held the city held a tremendous amount of power due to the strategic location on the Silk Road. And while the Byzantine Empire held Constantinople since the early days of the Roman Empire, they were constantly under attack by the Arabs seeking to take control of the city and the strait. Now to take a step back real quick and give you a crash course on the Byzantines. In the 6th century, the Roman Empire had been divided into Eastern and Western Empires. The Western half of the Roman Empire collapsed, while the Eastern Greek-speaking part of the Empire continued on. The Byzantine Empire label actually doesn't get added until the 16th century, long after fall of the empire. The name derives from Byzantium, later Constantinople, and even later Istanbul, where Emperor Constantine moved the capital. During the Byzantine Empire's reign, its inhabitants actually still refer to it as the Roman Empire. This is also why many of the victims of the fire called it Roman fire. The term Greek fire actually doesn't come till later when the Crusaders call it that because that's how they referred to the Byzantines. Now, Kalinikos' motivation to build such a weapon came from not only the Arab attacks on his former home, but the sieges and attacks being brought on his new home as well by the same people. Greek fire was a liquid mixture that would stick to whatever it touched and continue to burn. It would even burn on water, and it actually ignited when it came in contact with water, making it nearly impossible to put out on a ship. Only three things are noted to put out Greek fire in the annals of history. Sand, vinegar, and urine. So, if your ship's on fire and you can work up a good pee, in those conditions, you may have a chance to put it out. The first use of the Greek fire, which the Byzantines referred to as sea fire or liquid fire, 
was used in repelling naval attacks. It would be placed on the prow of a ship, primed, and launched at enemy vessels. The device to launch it was called a siphon, and while we have a few depictions in art, even less in writing, it seems like it was basically a furnace-like machine to heat the fire and then somehow pressurize it and launch the liquid shot out of a tube on the enemy ships, repelling them. It's been stated that the siphon, when used, created a loud roaring sound and lots of smoke. Intimidation level 1000! And if they had named it Dragon's Breath instead of Seafire, that would have been a whole other level. Regardless of the name though, jets of liquid fire spraying all over you was intimidating enough. Now in the medieval world, new and novel weapons only gave you an edge for so long. The enemy would capture said weapon and use it to recreate their own weapons, level the playing field again. Not so with Greek fire. Time and time again, enemies would capture both the fire and the siphon, only to be unable to replicate the magic, and it remained a mystery to all their enemies. In both the first and second Arab sieges of Constantinople in 678 and 717 AD respectively, Greek fire came to the rescue, repelling the invaders and allowing naval resupply while maintaining Byzantine control of the city. Surprisingly, it took some time before the Greek fire made landfall. While this seems to be a practical progression, it was a long time before the siphon was taken off the boats and put on land. The Chira siphon becomes basically a handheld flamethrower of Greek fire, used by Emperor Leo VI's military in the 10th century. As amazing as these weapons were featured on ships, the fact that they could scale it down to a handheld version is beyond impressive. They used this weapon both in defensive sieges of their cities, as well as on the offense to spray down enemy troops. The Byzantine troops would go as far as to fill jars with Greek fire and use them like grenades. And while many tried to replicate this concoction, no one managed to match the incendiary prowess of the Greek fire. I think present-day napalm comes to mind as about as close as anything. Now the security of the Greek fire recipe was something that even Colonel Sanders and his 11 herbs and spices could envy. Only the Kalanikos family and the emperor knew the secret to Greek fire. And that secret, for better or for worse, ended with the fall of the Byzantine Empire in the 15th century. And although a myriad of possibilities, including petroleum, quicklime, sulfur, nitre, types of resin, are believed to be possibilities, we'll probably never know. And in a world where everything is showcased and known, where we demand to see how the magician pulls off his tricks, where behind the scenes YouTube videos are constantly trending, maybe a little mystery isn't such a bad thing. Class dismissed. This podcast, written, produced, and narrated by Isaac Goff in wild, wonderful Ward County, West Virginia. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. <laughs> <laughs>